In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Brothers and sisters, when we look at Christ and everything he says and teaches about in the gospel, there's one moment towards the end of his earthly life where he makes a reference to his birth. And I think it's a very unique moment. And it's a moment that tells us a lot about why he was born and what you and I are supposed to do about it. When Jesus is in front of Pilate, being judged, about to be sent to his death, he says, for this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. That's John 18, 37. For this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. It's a very abstract thing to say. And it's good to ask, what does that specifically mean? What fruit am I supposed to get from that? Especially on a day like today, on a day like Christmas, where everything is supposed to be about joy and peace and happiness. Why should I bring the death of Christ into this conversation? Well, what truth is Jesus talking about that he's bearing witness to? What truth is that? What good news are we hearing today? As the angel mentioned to the shepherds, what is the good news that they are giving to the rest of the world so that all men may rejoice? When it comes down to it, when it comes down to understanding the message of the gospel, the person and mission of Christ, after hearing gospel passage after gospel passage, the message of the gospel is exactly what the angels say today. It's a message of peace. The truth that Christ lived his earthly life to bear witness to is that he brings peace. He is the solution. He's the Prince of Peace, as we heard in the Old Testament reading. And how does that peace occur? What kind of peace is that? Well, when we hear the word peace, when it's brought forth as a solution, peace is usually something that people struggle for when there's a conflict, when there's a war, a fight of some kind. And it's not a word we really use on a regular basis. Sometimes we say we want to go and rest. We want to go and do whatever it takes to not be stressed out. But peace is something else. Peace is something much deeper and much more transcendent. And the kind of peace that Christ offers with his birth, and as the gospel continues eventually with his death, which his birth looks forward to, is the peace that man has always looked for and always struggled for and on his own has never been able to reach. And it's because that conflict is an internal one. That conflict is not gonna be one that's solved by external things, by human means alone. The conflict is that after a man sins, he struggles tirelessly to renew that image that he ruins, to renew that image that he's created in, the image and likeness of God. And the good news continues. It's not just that 
Christ brings brings peace and we stop there in the conversation. We stop there in our teaching and our meditation of the gospel. How does that happen? What's the route that we walk? What's his weapon of war if he's going to bring peace to this conflict? Brothers and sisters, the next part of the good news is that humility is salvific. Humility saves us. And first and foremost, we're saved by the humility of God. God takes the initiative by his self-emptying. That's what should be at the front of our minds today. No matter what we're doing, no matter where we go, the magnitude of God's self-emptying, the magnitude of God's humility to be born in a box that animals eat out of, to be placed there, And that continues in the rest of the gospel, in the rest of the way that Jesus teaches, in the rest of the way that he conducts himself, and eventually in the way that he sacrifices ourself, no longer being placed in a box where animals eat out of in a manger, but now resting and dwelling in a tabernacle for us to eat from, for us to be nourished from. Brothers and sisters, humility is the theme of the last month's worth of gospel readings of the season of Advent, of Subara. We see it with our Blessed Mother subjecting herself to the will of God with love and humility, giving her profound yes for Christ to literally, physically dwell within her. We see it also with Saint Joseph, the foster father of our Lord, setting his own life aside to take on this mission of caring for the Blessed Mother and caring for our Lord, protecting them with everything that he has because he knows that there are things that are bigger than himself. We see it with God and we see it with all these other people that were involved in his mission of salvation for our sake. We shouldn't just see it. Of course, we shouldn't just hear about it. We need to make real promises to take this as a fruit of our meditation of the gospel and apply it in a real way to our lives. As a father, as a mother, how good of a job am I doing at setting aside my own needs for the sake of my family? How good of a job am I doing at avoiding self-worship? Because after all, pride is the reason all of this is happening. Us thinking we're okay on our own. Us thinking we can be like God without God is the reason all of this is happening. How good of a job am I doing at avoiding worshiping myself? Those of us who are younger, who are living in our households as siblings, as sons and daughters, same goes for us. How good of a job am I doing at committing myself to humility in the best way that I can? How good of a job am I doing at thinking that I'm not the center of the universe, that there are things beyond me that need attention sometimes? Brothers and sisters, if that's the way we all thought, it'd be a more peaceful community for sure. The key word being peace. The key word being not struggling so much with this internal conflict of how to please ourselves, being stuck in our own worlds. Because guess what? That's not ever where the solution is going to lie. The solution is going to lie in humility. 
and by adopting humility, by knowing that there's something bigger than us, first and foremost, that being God, second of all, that being the church which nourishes us week after week, and not just on this great feast day. Adopting that kind of mentality and that kind of lifestyle, adopting that kind of heart and mind, will lead us to live as people of the gospel, as true disciples of this Christ, whose chief message was setting himself aside, whose chief act was emptying himself for the sake of people who didn't deserve it. We become disciples of that person. And then we can be people who really receive the message of the angel that we heard today. Because the peace that he offers is not to everybody actually, even though that might sound like it. He says it's to men of good will, men with whom God is well pleased. Brothers and sisters, if we really want to participate in Christmas, not just in an external and superficial way, but in an interior and transformative way, we need to become those men and women of goodwill, men and women with whom God is well pleased. Let's commit ourselves to that on this feast day of Christmas. May the graces of the infant Jesus be with all of you and all your families. Merry Christmas to all of you.